Rather a lot has been occurring at SoundCloud over the past year or so. Last March, the 10-year-old Berlin-based startup announced SoundCloud Go, its long-rumoured $10 per month subscription tier, which has been going pretty well so far. Since then, there have been talks of it being acquired first by Twitter, then Spotify, and most recently, Google. And if this wasn't enough potential change for you, there were talks of the company running out of money by the end of this year, unless it receives financing and fast as well. Our contributing HR editor, Karen Revoir, caught up with Kiva Keegan, its SVP, People, Places and Community, to discuss more. They focused particularly on how Kiva has set up her HR department really quite flexibly to expand easily as the company grows. Enjoy. Maybe you can hear from the voice. I'm an Irish um, person, Irish woman, um, and I relocated to Berlin just over three years ago um, to work with SoundCloud. Great. And can you tell us a bit more before we go into the topic, what you're really passionate about? Yeah, so I mean, I think um, there are many things that I'm passionate about, but I'll call out two. Um, The first thing that I'm really passionate about is, you know, building workplaces and building companies and roles within those companies that make people feel excited to get out of bed and go to work in the morning. We spend such a huge amount of our of our lives and of our awake time um, doing what we do um, that I really, you know, I have that sort of very aspirational vision that, you know, as many people as possible can find a job that they love as much as I've always loved the jobs that I've done, right? So sort of creating those environments where people feel they're having an impact and sort of jump out of bed in the morning and want to go to work is something that I'm really passionate about. For far too many people, that's not the case. And I think the second thing that I'm really passionate about, and it slightly speaks to my background of somebody who grew up in Northern Ireland, in the north of Ireland during the Troubles and sort of the the 80s and and 90s, is that that's shaped a lot of my perspective around sort of fairness, equality, diversity, inclusion. Um, And those topics for me um, in the workplace are a real point of passion. Great, Kiva. Thanks very much. I'm sure we're going to touch on some of those um, points. And it's great to have a reason to get out of bed to, to help other people get out of bed. I think that's a great, um, it's a great belief to have and a great passion to have, especially for a, for a HR professional. So the topic today is about global scaling for now and the future. I really enjoyed our conversation. I thought you gave HR a broader perspective than sometimes we see, especially in the early stages of, of, a, of a growing young um, company. So, you know, hopefully I can, you know, share that enthusiasm with the rest of the audience. And as people I think know already on the call, this is going to be um, shared and edited. So there are, you can always come back to this conversation and share with other people as well. But I definitely enjoyed the broad perspective um, you've brought to this, um, um, to this role. And that's what I want to be able to share with um, the rest of the audience. So, so when did you join um, SoundCloud and what stage of growth um, was the company at, at at that time? Okay, so I joined um, just about three and a half years ago now. Um, and the company was then five between five and six years old. Um, and it had about 150 employees. So it wasn't really early stage. SoundCloud was established, certainly as a product, um, as, a, as an employer. Um, it was well known in Berlin um, as sort of one of the emerging startups. And even at that stage when I joined, we had employees in Berlin in the headquarters. We had some folks in London and we had an office in San Francisco. So, it, you know, it was still a young and emerging company, but certainly 
you know, it had been through those first sort of few years of growth and they were at a phase where they were looking to take things to the next level. And that's that's the point at which I joined. Um, so yeah, 150 employees um, three and a half years ago. Great. Um, what was the brief, do you think, and what were they actually looking for um, when they recruited you? What, what did SoundCloud actually expect from their HR um, group, HR director or people, VP people? Sure. And that's right. I mean, we definitely refer to, we don't talk about HR. The team is known as the people team at SoundCloud. Um, what they were looking for, I think, at that point was, I mean, there was already a small team in place, right? So um, like most growth businesses or startups that was predominantly skewed towards recruiting. So we had a small team of recruiters um, who were busy hiring um, all of those 150 people. Um, and we had a couple of folks on the, the more HR, HR operations side. And I think whenever they went to hire VP people, what they were looking for was somebody who A, knew what a great looks like, right? So there was quite a strong vision around building a remarkable company, building a, a culture and a company that was differentiated in a place that people really wanted to work. So they had done a search and they were quite focused on looking for people who had experience inside great companies. Um, and before I came to SoundCloud, I was at Google, which also has an experience, um, an employee experience that's really well recognized and, and understood. So, so that was the first thing. And I think the second thing they were looking for was someone who knew how to scale. So knew what things needed to look like when it was bigger. Um, you know, I'm a bigger company person. I've always worked inside larger organizations. SoundCloud is the smallest company I've ever worked in. So having that perspective of what things need to look like when the company and the business is at a different phase of maturity. So I think that's what they were looking for. Great. Well, they've clearly found a great person in what you're, you're bringing both as an individual and, and, and your experience, not just with Google, but your consulting experience um, before. What did you set out to achieve? So you talked about the fact that there was already some talent acquisition in, in place, some HR transactional operational work as well. But what was your sort of dream in terms of the HR team you wanted to set up? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I'll be totally straight and say I didn't have that vision and that dream when I walked in the door. It's obviously evolved over you know the years that we've been, but I would say the first the first phase was understanding that we really needed to make the talent acquisition machine churn and work right. When you you're coming into a company that's in a strong growth mode, moving away from sort of individualistic approaches and ways of working that people would have into a really highly, you know, effective and high-functioning operational excellence in how we did talent acquisition, right? So that was that was one big thing that I was really clear we wanted to we wanted to deal with. And the second thing in those early days was about really establishing um, real business partners and showing the business what a, a true HR business partner model looks like um, and why in a growing young organization with lots of new um, and first-time leaders and managers that actually having a, a sort of a relatively senior strategic people partner um, and sort of building that capability is important. So I think when I came, phase one was very much about let's make recruiting hum um, and secondly, let's show the business the value of strategic business partnering on the HR front and how that can help a company at this stage. But we did all of that, I would say, for the most part. And right now, um, the focus is a little bit different. The people team 
which is now under the leadership of um, somebody directly other than me. We can sort of talk mm-hmm. about how my roles evolved. Yeah, we'll but, um, yeah. you know, I think um, the people team is very much focused now on, um, you know, digital HR and thinking about how technology can make the employee experience better in the workplace and really trying to mature our people analytical capability. So those two things wouldn't have been on the agenda three years ago, but those are definitely in the vision for the people function right now. Yeah, that's great. I think they're already great lessons um, and it's already taking the function beyond talent acquisition. Um, even if you say that talent acquisition needed to hum or to be operationalized, I think that's a great way of, of talking about it. And having truly strategic business partners as well, I think is really helpful for the for the business. Um, and then as you said, so the people team has now grown as a as a team under you. Um, how do people actually describe HR? How is that interaction or people um, function? How do they talk about HR? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that's right. I mean, some people do, of course, talk about HR. You never lose that. Um, you never lose that label. I do think at SoundCloud, people um, recognize the people team as, in some ways, the heart of the company. Um, it's the sort of go-to place. I think people also think it's where you go for all the answers, which is amazing. <laughs> we don't have all the answers, but it's it's nice to be respected from that perspective. Um, but because you know it's a growing company and there's a huge amount of new people coming on board, um, and also the fact that because we're Berlin headquartered and we think of our talent market as global, we hire a lot of people from lots of different places and we relocate them here. So they have a huge amount of interaction usually with the people team as they're coming into the organization and then that relationship continues right as they grow and develop their careers here. Um, So the people team is very much I would say the heart of the company and that's how that's how people view it. It's sort of the glue that that holds everything together. Yeah and that's great and as you described um, you've got a, a truly international community that you're building and often that's the, the first place people call, call home. Perhaps they've even come to the office before they've even got their, their own sort of flat or, or whatever. So I think it's great that's to right. be the, the beating heart of, um, of any organisation. So well, well done on that. Um, your role evolved um, quite quickly, I think, from people into um, places and communities. Tell us a bit about why that happened and how that happened. Um, okay, so the you know as as we as I came on board, it was definitely in that very people focused capacity, and then we started to think broader around employee experience more holistically, um, and understanding what are the other factors and other elements that contribute to that. So very quickly, what we call the workplace team, um, which might be facilities. I mean, it's, it's broader than facilities, and that's why we call it workplace, right? The team that's very focused on the physical experience, the design of the space that people work in, um, and also the programs that support your experience at work, be that um, sort of food programs, wellness, well-being. Um, that all sits under our workplace team. Um, and so we brought that team under my remit as well because that's contributing to the overall employee experience. Um, we also reached a point where we decided we needed an internal communications capability or sort of more of a slightly dedicated team. Um, and again, the decision about where that would sit, maybe you know sometimes that sits in an external communications function along with marketing. But again, we decided that for us, because 
you know, communication of information and sharing of information internally, again, is very much an employee-focused activity. So we brought that in. Um, so in the first phase, my, my role was around, you know, the more traditional elements of HR and people, plus the workplace piece, plus starting to build an internal communications function. Then it evolved um, more lately to take on um, community operations. And for us, SoundCloud Community Operations um, is the team that supports the, the user community on our platform. Um, so customer support for shorthand, um, for us it's a little bit more than customer support, but it is about scalable support and interaction with our users. Um, and the reason, um, and I think it's always really important, um, the reason that I took that on, and it's really important to say that we didn't put customer support into HR. Um, what we did was, you know, recognize that some of the the leadership characteristics and the things that I've been able to do with the people team were, were similar capabilities that we might want to think about when scaling our community operations. So again, with that side of the, the business, you know, on one hand, think about employee experience, and then on the other hand, I'm trying to think about customer experience. And at the end of the day, they're just both groups of people. Um, one is a, is a smaller group of people internally in your organization that you want to provide a high-touch experience to. The other is a larger population of people who are interacting with your product and are part of our community that we also want to provide a really good experience for. The challenge with that group is they're much larger and we need to think much more about how we do that in a scalable way. So how we use systems, tools, technology, um, and how we sort of you know support that large user community um, in a really meaningful, authentic way, but in a way um, that allows us to, to, to scale and get economies of scale as we grow the business. Yeah, sounds very obvious when you talk about it. Um, and we do know that brand today is, is one brand and we need consistency across the whole ecosystem and we need to make sure that all our stakeholders are, are feeling and experiencing the same thing. But I'm sure there are not many companies out there that, that do what you've just described. And I think that's all to um, the people functions credit and your credit as a, as a leader as well. Can you describe some of the, the great achievements and the things that you're particularly proud of on this, this journey of, of scaling where the people function has played such a, um, an important role? Can you share some of those um, proud moments with us? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is that, you know, sometimes it's easy to talk about this and sound like it's all been smooth sailing, right? And that this has been, um, you know, everything's been about growth and everything's been about good things and putting better things in place. You know, it's it's like with everything, you know, it's a, it's a rocky ride. There have been highs and there have been lots of lows. Um, and I actually think one of the things that I'm proudest about the people function is that we've been there through all of those, right? So we've, we've you know, we've been able to play a role where we can support during those times when it's, you know, foot pedal to the floor, growing the business, hiring like crazy. Um, then, you know, occasionally we need to slow things down. You've got to take the pedal off. I mean, this is the life of a growth business and of a startup. And, and that's one of the things I'm proudest of, actually, is the way in which the, the people function has been able to switch gears constantly. It's not easy, right? You know, from from really focused growth to slowing things down to dealing with more challenging things and then ramping back up again. And actually, that's one of the visions that I have for the, the people function. And one of the things I'm pretty proud of is that, you know, if we truly want to be 
the coaches to the business. We've got a role model of things that we want to see in others. So how, as a function, we, we constantly try and stay one step ahead and lead by doing. So we're also growing our own team. We're also growing our own function. We've reorganized the people function um, multiple times in the three years that I've been here. In fact, sort of almost annually, that idea that as the business is growing, we need to constantly not reinvent, but re reposition ourselves and make sure that we're set up in the right way. Um, and that's what we've done multiple times and sort of showing the business how it's done by doing it to yourself, um, I think is something that we're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of. Great. It's great to hear that you've been able to reshape and 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 keep that agile nature of of the heartbeat. So you've had you know the highs and lows of that heartbeat uh, there at the right the right time, which is great. Um, what what advice would you give to 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 other um, VP people or, or or however the functions um, called who are in a similar scaling situation to to you? What advice would you offer? Yeah, I mean, I think the the best piece of advice I will always give is to hire people that you think are smarter than you, hire people that you feel will challenge you. Um, you know, if you're trying to grow a company and you're trying to scale your own function, um, you don't do that by hiring people who don't threaten you in your position. So I think, you know, the most important thing you can do as a, as a leader to give yourself that strategic space to think about where you take things is to hire um, hire amazing people, hire people that challenge you, that stretch you, um, make sure that you have, have those people in your team. Um, and that's, that requires something that, you know, not, it, it's not easy, right? It's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to go out and look and convince people who maybe have more experience, you know, it's thinking about those people that you need for the next phase of the business. So not hiring for right now, but hiring for a future um, where you need more senior and more experienced leaders in your team. Yeah, but it, as you said earlier, I think it's about walking the talk and clearly you're leading by your own behavior and the way you're um, sourcing and, and recruiting your own team, which is great because we've heard about you know recruiting above above and, and making sure you bring in people who are better than you but you're actually doing that within the HR function as well so it's not just a principle or a theory it's actually something that's played out for your own team which is um, great so what is the the question what I thought was amazing when we spoke um, a couple of weeks ago is that there's there's one question or a couple of questions that you keep on asking both yourself you challenge yourself and your um, people team and indeed the business uh, as well what is that question or what are those questions now I'm trying to remember what I told you <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago um, you know I think the one of the questions certainly when I first came in the, the question I kept asking was how does this work when we're twice as many people so you know everything that we would go to do every process every program everything that we want to put in place um you know my question was at that time we were 150 people my question used to be how does this work when we're 500 people 600 people um just to make sure that the team was always thinking about growth and thinking about how things worked in a scalable way um so that's that was probably my my go-to question in those days I think increasingly now my 
question is, you know, do we have the evidence or the data to support that opinion? So in moving to much more um, focus on our, our analytics and talking the language of the business, because um, we're quite a we're quite an analytical business. We have a lot of um, we have a lot of analytical leaders who often want to see you know the data or the insight that supports the assertion that we're making, and, and of course we want to try and do more and more of that in the in the people space. So that's probably my go-to question now: Do we have the data to support that? Um, and if we don't, how would we get it in the future? Great. Yeah, no, they were the questions you mentioned, hence the title about <laughs> scaling for now and the future. I think that is HR's role. We're in a very neutral position and we can and have to ask those questions. So I think those questions are, are great, both, you know, OK, that's a great idea for now. Will it work when we're 1,500, 2,000, when we're bigger? And the question then around the evidence and the, and, and the data. So that's um, that's great. So. Kiva, thank you very much. Um, I was nervous about pronouncing your name, but hopefully I haven't destroyed your lovely name too too much. Just to leave sort of a lasting um, thought, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope the audience have and, and will do as we edit this and, and, and share it around. Um, if people are keen to follow up um, on, on this particular topic, what would you advise them to do? Where should they go? What books should they read? Um, you know, clearly they just need to keep asking questions. But you know, what would your advice for for people be if they want to follow up and 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 um, also lead by example, as you clearly have been? Sure. Um, I mean, I you know, like everybody, there's always a ton of ton of books on the on the desk that you must read. But um, one recommendation I always feel really confident giving um, is. Um, the work of Patrick Lencioni, um, if you're familiar with, with, with that, he wrote a pretty famous fable called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. But actually, um, the book that I really like, um, that's always my go-to whenever I'm feeling a little bit lost, is The Advantage. So it's a book called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Um, it's a book that actually the, the, the CEO and the COO had read around the time that they were hiring me to come work at SoundCloud. And when I was in the hiring process, one day um, it arrived in the post. Um, and it was one of those moments where I read the book and thought, okay, this is the book that is inspiring the people that are hiring me to come work at this company. This is absolutely the right thing. Um, and we go, I go back to that book all the time. And really what the book is about is about why organizational health is the only sustainable source of competitive advantage in business. And I think it's a really simple book and it's a really practical book. Um, and it would be my it would be my go-to read for anybody who's thinking about you know a new company growing and scaling a company um, and how to do that in a way um, that helps that company be successful. Great. Well we'll make sure that's um, on the that's <laughs> That's mentioned in any follow-up we do, but I fully agree with the, the organisational health piece. It's broader than talent, and I definitely think that's the perspective you've also brought to the role, and indeed the environment and the leaders in um, SoundCloud have encouraged you to, to bring by sharing that book. So what a great match. Um, thank you, Kiva, very, very much, and I look forward to... Um, hopefully this will inspire a lot of people. Hopefully there'll be some questions, um, and I look forward to following up with you as well.